Welcome to A Waldorf Journey, a podcast for teachers, parents, students, and people who are passionate about Waldorf education. I'm Meredith, and I'm glad you're here. You can find show notes for this episode along with a lot more useful content on my website, awaldorfjourney.com. While you're there, sign up for the newsletter to receive updates about new content on the blog and the podcast. You can also follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as a Waldorf Journey. This week, I'm coming to you with a little bit of a different episode. This week, I'm talking about a story about stories. I've had some experiences recently that have emphasized the value of stories for our students, and I really wanted to share a little bit about that with you here. Thanks so much for being with me today. My voice is a little rough. You might be able to hear I'm fighting off a little bit of a spring cold, so hopefully it won't be too irritating as you listen to me. But as I mentioned in the intro, I wanted to come to you today and tell you a little story about the value of stories. And this episode is going to be the first of what I hope will be many more to come when I just sit down in front of the microphone and share some thoughts about something I'm thinking about. And I have recorded episodes like that before in the past, but these I'm looking to maybe they'll just be a little shorter and I'll just hop on, sit down, talk to you about some things and um, and see what you think. So I just really like the idea of sitting down and chatting with you. And so many of you have reached out to me lately that it really is like a nice little community that is forming here. And I think that these shorter sort of off the cuff episodes will really help that connection form even more. So by the way, speaking of connecting, if you are not already a part of the um, A Waldorf Journey Teacher Tribe Facebook group, then you definitely should hop over there and join. And there will be a link in the show notes, but you can find it just by going to awaldorfjourney.com slash Facebook. So sign up over there. There are a few little questions to answer, and then I'll approve you to be a part of the group. So lots of people have been posting things about the work that they're doing, and it's been really inspiring. So um, I think you'll enjoy it. So, And then the other thing I just wanted to mention before I get started, that um, I wanted to encourage you to hang out to the end of the episode, because I've got some exciting things kind of in the works that I really am excited to tell you about, and I think you're going to find really helpful. So let's go ahead and get started. So as I mentioned, this episode is a story about a story. So I'm just going to dive in and tell you about it. So the other morning um, after our, I was at school with my class and we always start our mornings in the same way and that, you know, we sing a little song, we say a verse, we, you know, do a few things and then we have our attendance time. And then right after we do attendance, we usually go right into our morning warm up activities. And I did things a little differently. So instead of going right into those activities, moving our desks and doing all of the movement movement exercises that we do together, I sat down in my comfy chair that's at the front of the room and um, and just started to 
talk to them, tell them a little bit of a story. And the story I told them about, I actually was not even sure in that morning what story I was going to tell them, but I just had in mind that I wanted to bring them a story quickly and right away before we got to be, got to doing anything else. And so I sat down in the chair and I just kind of started thinking about my students and things that had gone on. My goal was that this little story was going to last just a few minutes. So I started telling them about my dog, Lula. And if you have listened to this podcast for a while, you've probably heard Lula in the background. And um, Lula is a lab husky mix, and she's about 10 years old, and she's a great little dog, big dog. (laughs) And we, um, so I just, and my my students know Lula. So I was just telling them about Lula and how uh, the other day, or for many days, I would come home from school and I would find that Lula had found a way to pull the trash can out of its place and knock it over and start digging through and eating all the delicious things that were in the trash can. And so they just thought it was hilarious. And I was very, I was much more descriptive with them than I am with you right now that, you know, I was just telling them about what she, there was trash everywhere when I got home. And so then I told them that I decided I needed to do something about it. So I went to the store and I went um, looking at the shelf at all of the different trash cans they had. And then I found one that on the front of the trash can on the label, it had a picture of a sad dog that wasn't able to get into the trash can. And they all laughed and chuckled a little bit. And I told them that this trash can had a latch on it. Now, a little funny note, it happened to be that our phonics rule that we were studying of that week was TCH. And so I took a moment to just say, hey, latch, this is a learning story. What is, how do you spell latch? And of course they chuckled and somebody spelled it. So, and then anyway, I went on and told them about how I got the trash can back and I put the bag in and I found a new place, the place where it would go and it tucked right back in. And then I went on and I described how Lula saw, watched me the whole way. She watched me get this new trash can all set up and she looked at it. And then, you know, and then we, I just went on describing about how she, you know, first looked at the new trash can and pretended she didn't really notice it. And, and then, Anyway, time goes on, and I told them that, you know, for a few weeks, every day I came home from school and there was no garbage on the kitchen floor and the uh, the trash can was working. And then one day I came home and the trash can, it wasn't tucked back in its usual place. It was pulled out a little bit. So Lula was now starting to try to get into the trash can. So anyway, I went on. It went on a little bit more than I'm going on with you now. And But then I ended the story, of course, that, you know, the day before I had just, when I got home from school, somehow now there was trash, all garbage all over the floor in the kitchen once again. Um, and of course, the students laughed. And then, you know, they asked questions about, you know, well, what kinds of things did she find in the garbage? And, and then we, you know, chuckled about that. And then many students raised their hand, and they wanted to tell stories about when, what, things that their dogs had gotten into. Or anyway, it was very funny. And they had a great time listening to it, imagining Lula being so sneaky, trying to get into the trash can, and and all of this. So it was a lot of fun and a great little story. So 
it took maybe five, maybe 10 minutes by the time I, you know, listened to everybody's comments and, you know, I couldn't listen to everybody's. I said that at a certain point, there were so many hands in the air, they, they were very lively and engaged. And so at a certain point, I said, okay, I won't be able to take all of your hands, but let's take it some time at snack time and you can chat with your neighbor about your animal story. So so it was great. They loved it. They were really engaged. And then, you know, five or maybe it was probably 10 minutes, uh, finished the story. We moved our desks and went on with our day. So <clears throat> what I noticed about this was that it really changed how my students interacted with the rest of their day. So you may ask, well, how could it be that a little story about your dog would have such an impact on how your student's day went? And I will tell you, it really did. It somehow, like from the very beginning of our day, we established this feeling connection. And, you know, I've always looked for ways to do this. You know, that's part of what the morning handshake is about. That's part of... um, a lot of the things that we do is to establish that connection, that warm feeling connection as soon as possible. But there was, I, I had had a conversation with someone just a couple days before that really reminded me that there's nothing like a story that you are enjoying with a group of people to help you feel more connected with those people. And so this person I was speaking to really encouraged me to consider that and bring stories early and early in the day and as a part of our lesson. Now, of course, I always, when I bring new content, it comes in the form of a story. Whenever I'm sharing anything, you know, I know that my students will connect with it much more strongly if it is a part of a story or there's some imagery that goes along with it. So I'm always mindful of this in my work with my students, but I had never really thought about using it as such a direct tool for for a variety of things. And so it really got me thinking about how we can use stories in so many other ways and that our students in connecting with us and each other through those stories it can resolve all kinds of issues. It can re- or it can either head them off at the pass, or it can help to resolve things that already exist, difficulties that already exist. So I got thinking about this, and I thought about all of the various ways and times that we might use stories. And I was thinking that I wish I had remembered this when my own children were young and in so many other circumstances, how we can just by telling a little story about something that happened, and it doesn't have to be something, you know, monumental. It can be just a little something about, you know, like my dog and getting into the garbage. If I can tell a story to my students about the dog getting into the garbage and it can work that kind of engaged magic, then you know, any story will do. So, um, so examples of times when a story can really be helpful is, you know, when you can start to kind of feel things fraying around the edges, 
And then instead of, you know, directly correcting or instead of, you know, muddling through and managing student behavior, you know, just break out with, oh, let me tell you something. Oh, did I ever tell you about the time this happened? And right away, everyone will kind of stop and listen. And it, it happens inevitably with whether you're working with students or even with adults. Like I've noticed um, even in parent meetings to start out every parent meeting with a little story about something that happened in the classroom, right away, parents are warmed up, they're engaged, they're interested in what you have to say, everybody's smiling, everybody's interested, and it's just amazing really how powerful a story can be. So I just wanted to leave you with that little idea about how powerful a story can be and encourage you to think about when are the difficult times in your day or in your week or, you know, when you're working with others, whether it's colleagues or parents or students or family members, whatever it might be, what can, can you tap into the power of a story to help make that challenging time go a little more smoothly. So anyway, just a little epiphany I had, and I'm certainly going to start looking at even my daily life around me as sort of potential story material that I could bring to my students in those moments when I just want to connect with them quickly and easily. So Anyway, if this resonates with you, I would love to hear about it. So just drop me an email. You can email me at meredith at awaldorfjourney.com. And I would love to hear your stories about stories and times when you told a story that felt just magical, whether it was connected to content that you were teaching or, you know, curriculum or not, uh, just a, a time when a story was really important, either for yourself personally or in your work with your uh, students or families. So, so I did say that um, I w- hoped you would stick around to the end because I wanted to share with you something really new and exciting that I've got coming up. And I'm really excited about this because it is a new program that is really coming directly out of conversations that I've had recently with Waldorf teachers, whether they are people I've worked with in my through my work on my blog, whether they're colleagues of mine or people that I've worked with in a mentorship or evaluation role. And um, basically, I sent out an email to some of these teachers that I've worked with, and I asked them, what is the hardest thing about being a Waldorf teacher? And Okay, I am a Waldorf teacher, so I, you know, I know what my challenges are, but I really wanted to hear what, um, if there were any trends that I noticed in hearing from other people. And almost all of them, almost every single one of them said that their biggest challenge is having enough time. And, you know, it's this, like, no big surprise. Probably you could have guessed that that's what I was going to say. And I know, you know, I'm a Waldorf teacher, too, and that is absolutely um, a challenge. I know how much time and energy I put into my teaching, and I can also remember back when 
I first started teaching and how planning my daily lessons took just about everything I had. So this meant that like some of the extra administrative tasks that are really just as important in our work as teachers, like things like communicating with parents, doing student assessments, or writing reports, that those things had to wait. And they either waited until a school break, which meant that I didn't really get a break at all, or they just didn't get done which that's a big problem. So um, it was a really good exercise for me to think through this. And because I realized in thinking about my early teaching experience, I realized that I no longer feel that time crunch in the same way. I mean, don't get me wrong, this work being a Waldorf teacher will take everything you've got to give it for sure. But I have found in recent years that I'm just much more capable of finding balance. So I've noticed too that all of those extra tasks that that used to get lost in the shuffle are actually getting done. So what has made the difference? And that is what I really sat down to think about because if I really wanted to help these teachers who I've been working with or who often reach out to me asking for help, that is the key, right? That's the, I I can't really create more hours in the day for them, but if I can find a way to increase their productivity so that they feel like they have more time, then that's really the key. So, I've realized that over the years, I've learned a few things about productivity and how to manage my time. So I found tools that help me get the work done, and I found ways to track my progress and establish a rhythm around all of these different tasks that require my attention. And that way, none of them get lost in the shuffle. I don't overlook anything because they're all accounted for in my in my planning system. So when all of these teachers answered me that their biggest issue was time, and I started thinking about how I could help them, I realized that the best way to create more time in their lives was to help them make use of these productivity sort of hacks, really, and to help them track the tasks outside of their teaching that require their attention. So that is where I've been working lately. And I'm so excited about it because I really think it's going to make a difference for so many teachers who just feel stressed out about the putting all of their energy into the lessons and then know, have this nagging feeling that there are other things to be done that they're overlooking. So this new set of productivity courses I've put together will really help with that. So the first one I'm launching really soon is a spring productivity course for Waldorf teachers. And my vision is that a new course will launch with every season and participants will be guided through a process for thinking about and tracking all of those tasks. So you'll get Uh, PDF worksheets that will guide you, as well as bonus PDF tools like student report templates and parent-teacher conference guidelines and self-evaluation forms, all of these things that will help you accomplish all of those tasks. And you'll get weekly emails that will 
guide you and help you to know what exactly you need to be giving your attention to. So the PDF, once you get the email, you'll get a link to download the PDF and then you'll, you'll follow the indications in the email and use the PDF as a guide and it'll walk you right through and make sure that you're keeping track of all of these, all of these things. And then as a bonus, you'll get one of the PDF guides that is on my site to uh, as an additional bonus. So for the spring program, the bonus guide will be the 30 days till summer report writing challenge that I have on my website. So this program is really similar to a pilot that I launched last summer that followed a very similar model, and it was super successful. All of the teachers who participated felt like they were on top of all of those tasks that they needed to accomplish, and we worked through them together. We encouraged each other, and they knew exactly what they needed to be doing at different times in order to make sure that they were ready at that point for the beginning of the school year. The spring program will be all about working to be ready for your summer. So the relevant topics for the spring program will be um, professional development planning, how to choose what kind of training you want to do in the summer, and using some real concrete um, feedback and self-reflection to decide what kind of training you want to do. Um, it'll the other another topic is uh, student assessment, how to assess your students while they're while you're still with them during the school year, so that you're prepared to write their end of year reports. Um, you'll also work on identifying students that have special needs and then writing up support plans to, to make sure that they're successful. And you'll get templates of what support plans can look like and, um, and a process for really thinking through what exactly are the challenges that your students face. Um, we'll also talk about spring parent-teacher conferences and why you should do them, what kind of template you can follow or questions that you should address, and um, yeah, and why those spring conferences are really important as you're heading into the summer. Um, we'll also talk about writing reports, and uh, you'll get uh, several different uh, report writing formats that you can use, templates. Um, we'll talk about creating your own format and what are the things that you should consider, what, uh, what are the important components of a thorough end-of-year student report. And then finally, we'll talk about planning your summer, and which includes both your own but also your students. So uh, should you send your students home with a summer reading plan or a, um, or a math packet to work through? Uh, how should you spend your summer so that you are prepared for the next school year? What, what kinds of field trips can you look into? Um, and you'll get a PDF that is really a summer experience planner for yourself. So I'm really excited about this new program and I would love to have you join me. So if you want to get more information, including, you know, all of those topics I just mentioned and the PDFs and things that you would get along with it, 
then you can head over to a waldorfjourney.com slash spring. And there you'll see sort of a summary of the spring program and, um, and what you might get out of it. And as well as payment information and cost and all of those things. And, uh, I really hope that you'll consider it. I really think it's going to be a fantastic thing. The last thing that I'll mention is that one of the things that we included in that pilot program I did in the summertime was that we had a Facebook group and in reflecting on it I decided that what the I will still go ahead and create a Facebook group um, assuming there's sufficient uh, participation but um, but I won't uh, it won't be a, a, a official part of this program um, so that if but lots of people found it helpful and joined the Facebook group and shared ideas there so Depending on um, participation and how many teachers we get uh, signed up for the program, then uh, you know I'll use that information to really decide if a Facebook group feels like it would be something valuable for everybody. So um, anyway, I hope you will consider it. And if you have any questions about it, please don't hesitate to reach out to me at Meredith at awaldorfjourney.com. And feel free also to share about it. You can just share that website that uh, is a waldorfjourney.com slash spring and tell your fellow teachers about it. And, and if you need any support as far as tapping into professional development funds to pay for something like this, let me know. And I am happy to work with you and help give you some guidance on that. I know that some schools are happy to pay for things like this, um, recognizing that it really does help teachers in terms of productivity to connect with other teachers, even if it's not something that is really curriculum specific, uh, like this course is. And, um, you know, again, I've heard from so many teachers who what they love most is planning curriculum. And so they find that they actually don't need support with that because that is the part that they love that comes naturally to them, that when they have time to to do to work on their teaching work, they always turn to curriculum because that's that's the fun part. So what teachers really need help with is some of this administrative stuff. So anyway. I'm really excited about it, if you couldn't tell. So please reach out to me with any questions you might have and uh, check out uh, awaldorfjourney.com slash spring. And thanks so much for listening. Hey, everyone. I hope you found plenty of valuable inspiration in this episode. If so, I hope you'll consider sharing this podcast with friends, grandparents, colleagues, and others. You all are the reason I do this, and I'd love to help and inspire as many people as possible. I hope you'll also come find me on Instagram and send me a DM or tag me with your inspiring Waldorf posts. You can find me on there as at a Waldorf journey. I love getting tagged and I always answer my direct messages. And if you haven't already done so, head over to iTunes and leave a review or a star rating. That's how more people find the podcast and I really love reading your comments. So until next time, I hope your days are filled with imagination, inspiration, and intuition as you help bring Waldorf education to life in a fulfilling, joyful, and beautiful way. Bye for now.